today I want to finish up this series that we started uh, several weeks ago uh, called God With Us. And we know the name Emmanuel. That's what that name means. It means that God is with us. And we've talked about different aspects about that. But today I want to talk about the Redeemer because the Redeemer is here. And Jesus is the great Redeemer. He redeemed us on the cross, but he, but but the redemption, just like that atom bomb that we talked about, there is there's a residual that is coming from the cross. What happened at the cross was an event. Everything was settled there, but there's a residual that we're still experiencing and things that are being revealed in our life and things that are still being redeemed. Come on, are you with me? And there's some things in your life uh, that have happened this year that have been seeds that you're going to reap this year. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but the, the, what a redeemer is, is a redeemer would be someone, say that you went into debt. In Scripture, what would happen when someone was in debt is they'd become a slave to the person they were indebted to. How many know that debt is a slave? Right. If I if I have a lot of debt, then I, I can't do whatever I want to do. Right. I have to pay my dues. If I don't, then I file for bankruptcy, all of those kind of gnarly things that can happen. But when we are in debt, we're slaved. Right. We're slaved to to who? The person that loaned us the money. And so in Scripture, what would happen is they is if you were in debt, what you would have to do is you would actually have to go and and be a servant of someone until you paid that debt off. OK, now. When we see slavery in Scripture, we we kind of have we kind of look through it through our uh, the abusiveness of slaves and things that we've seen in America, but which which was terrible, erroneous. We don't we, you know the, it's just terrible. But in Scripture, it has a little bit different. Slaves were abused. There was all those type of things, but slavery was almost more like an occupation in Scripture. You, you, a slave would like live maybe in a house of the slave owner. Are you with me? And, and this was they were almost almost kind of part. They weren't part of the family, but they were there living life with the family. They were doing things for the family, this type of thing. Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, right? I call you friends. You're, you're in on it. And so Jesus pulls us out of that. So what a redeemer would do is a redeemer would go and he would pay the debt of the slave so he didn't have to be a slave anymore. This is what a redeemer is. And sometimes there's a kingsman redeemer, which we're not getting into today. And so a family member would go and purchase a slave. So if you became so poor in Scripture, that you had to sell your property uh, to pay your debts or you just you didn't have anywhere else to go, then what you could do is you could find a rich person to partner with and become their slave. Right? Are you with me? So what a redeemer does is a redeemer comes and he buys the slave back. Right? The person that was in debt, he pays off their debts, and he brings them into a new life. And so that's the, the word redeem means to regain by payment. Right. Whenever uh, my wife's a couponer, so when she goes to the coupon and redeems those coupons, they're just like money. She treats them like money. You and I probably treat them like paper. My wife treats them like money. So we went to Target yesterday, uh, like every foolish person did uh, yesterday, and we went to Target, and Leslie broke out her coupons, right? And she redeemed, like, what, 15 bucks? Sixteen fifty. She'll tell you the exact amount. And so she got sixteen fifty because because there was a code or there was a, an amount on this paper that said, redeem this for 50 cents. Are you guys with me? And so we know how rebates work. It's the same type of thing. So, so to redeem means to regain by payment. But in some cases, the word redeem means to avenge. So if you've been damaged, then someone sets in to redeem you and pays the damage back. Come on. I love uh, that song. I can't think of who sings it, but it says, woe to the enemy of the king on his wedding day. Is that Misty Edwards? And uh, so it says that, you know, that there will be a day of payback for the enemy, for the devil, for all the things that God is going to redeem that. 
the payback. And so check it out, Galatians chapter 4, verse 3. It says, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. So you were in slavery. I was in slavery. What were we slaves to? Sin. We were slaves to sin. We were slaves to the world. We were slaves to sin. But it says this, and this is the Christmas message right here, but when the time had fully come, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive full rights as sons. So God doesn't release you from bondage to put you back into bondage, to put you back into legalism, to put you back, in, uh, to put you back under law. He redeems you to set you free so you can obey God with a free heart. Are you with me? Not, not in bondage, not in shackles, not in chains, but of, out of freedom and out of love. So looking back at 2014, we all have memories of 2014, right? How many of you would say 2014 was a good year for me? I would say for me, a really great year. How many of you say that 2014 was a rough year? That's okay if you say that. Man, 2014 was tough. Um, so in 2014, we had things that we want to remember, and we had things that we want to forget, right? And so let me just say this. I don't believe, you know, we throw around this phrase all the time, especially in Christianity, the world says it, everything happens for a reason. How many of you guys have ever heard that? Okay. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. Everything happens for a reason. I don't believe everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reasons are stupidity, right? Child molestation does not happen for a reason. Drunk driving, killing people doesn't happen for a reason. It, there is a reason behind it. It's because someone was stupid. Are you with me? However, God can add purpose and value to every happening in your life. Regardless of, and, and that's the beautiful thing about God. He can redeem things that aren't even in his plan. Are you with me? And so what's crazy is something bad that can happen to us that isn't the will of God, or we step outside of the will of God and do something stupid, God can redeem that. This is the good news. The good news is that God can redeem anything. No matter how bad, no matter how dark, no matter how ugly, no matter how rough 2014 was, or even still is, God can redeem it. And he's going to. I believe that 2015 is the year of redemption. It's the year of payback. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready. Like for real, get ready. Romans 8. Now, if you struggle ever at your tent, in fact, if you're going to say, Pastor Josh, what, 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 uh, what scripture do you think I should memorize this year? I would say memorize Romans 8. The whole thing, just memorize it. It's, uh, we did a whole series on Romans 8 uh, last year called Over. And uh, we're going to look at Romans 8. I love Romans 8. Could have probably just read the whole thing and went home today. It's just a great chapter. And this is the scripture that everybody uses when they say, oh, it's all in God's plan, okay? Um, no, God can work it, but it doesn't mean that God planned it. And I think the scripture, the scripture actually speaks of that. So we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. How many of you love God? How many are called according to his purpose? You're called according to that. doesn't mean you're called into full-time ministry. It just means that you're called to the purposes of God. We're all called to the purposes of God. 
It might be being a, a lawyer or being a, um, a car salesman, right? Are you with me? There's nothing more spiritual about being a pastor or being a car salesman. As long as the kingdom is in it, you're a kingdom advancer, whether you're a pastor or a full-time minister or whether you're a full-time car salesman. We're all in full-time ministry. All of us are in full-time ministry. Some of us just, that's our occupation, right? So we're all called, and God works the good, right? So something bad happens, God works it out so it'll be good for you. The difficulties, the trials, the tears, the frustrations, God works those things for your good. He might not have planned them, but he's working them. God knows how to work it. God knows how to work it. So when you're going through difficulty, then just say, God, work it. <laughs> work it, God. Work it. Whatever. I don't know You know where we got that terminology, but maybe a song or something. Work it. Okay. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. So you were chosen to be like Jesus. And so his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And after calling them, he gave them right standing with himself. After giving them right standing, he gave them his glory. You have the glory. Look at your neighbor and say, you have the glory in you. Look at your other neighbor. You got the glory. So what should we say about these wonderful things? Because that's good news, right? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? You got the glory in you. Who could ever be against you? That is good news. Since he did not spare his even, even his only son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares to accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. I'm right before God. I don't need to be right before anybody else. Who will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us or making intercession for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean that he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? It feels like it sometimes, doesn't it? God, do you even love me? Have you guys ever been honest with God, like the way that you're feeling, and you're like, you're going through it, and it's real hard, you're just like, God, do you even love me? Right? Does it mean that he doesn't love us if we have trouble or calamity or persecution or hunger or we're destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor fears, nor to, nor uh, fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, the earth below, or indeed nothing can in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So this is the great thing about God is we serve a God who is with us. He's with you. He's not against you. Right? There's, there's Jesus ministry and there's devil ministry. Right? This is devil ministry. John 10. The thief comes to steal kill, and destroy. So how do you know if something's from God or from the devil? Does it steal, kill, or destroy? Yes. That's not God's plan. So when the enemy brings destruction, when he brings lies, when he brings frustration, when he, brings, uh, when he strips life from you, that is not God's plan. 
the plan of Jesus is this, that you might have life, and you have life more abundantly. So when the enemy comes in and does something contrary to that, you know that that's not the will of God. However, God can work those things for your benefit. Isn't it good news that no matter what happens to you, God is a redeemer, and he can make that thing work for you. No matter how bad or how dark it was, God can turn it around, and God will turn it around. It just requires our yielding. So he finds purpose for us. He defends us. Who can accuse us? Who can come against us? Who can condemn us? No one. Who can separate us? No one. We belong to the Redeemer. We, are, we belong to him. It's all good. I said this one time uh, years ago. I said, it's all good. And some, some you know, Christian came up to me and said, it's not all good. I'm like, it is all good. And they're like, no, it's not. It's not all good. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't, you, the, the only way that it's not all good is if God's not in control. If I haven't yielded to him. But it is all good. It might be hard. It might be dark. There might be death. There might be destruction. But it is all good because I belong to Jesus. And at the end of the day, that's where I find my value. Not, be, not based upon what happens, but whom I belong to, the Redeemer. He bought me. So, with 2014, the old is gone and the new is here. Right? However, there was some seed sown in 2014, some difficulties. Check this out, Isaiah 43, 18. Now, he's speaking here. The prophet is speaking of all the miracles that happened in the desert, okay? He's like, man, did all, all these things happen? You got delivered, and then you're in the desert, and your shoes didn't wear out, and you lasted 40 years, and, and all these great things that God did. And he says this, but forget all that. All the good things. We can look at 2014. I look at my life in 2014, great. We had a great year. Our church more than doubled. Our family grew, you know, financially God's been blessing us. It's been, it's been a great year for us. It doesn't mean that there wasn't some difficulties, some frustrations. There's always going to be that. There's always going to be issues that come up. But it was a great year for us. Forget all that. The good and the bad will pass. Listen, forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in dry wasteland. So God is coming. He's saying, forget all the good, forget all the bad. I've got something new. It doesn't really matter. It might contribute to your history, but it's just notching you up. It's not bringing you down. See, your history is a stepping stone. It's not a stumbling block. Let me say that again. Your history is a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. Too many people, they use it as a stumbling block. Right? Well, I can't really move forward in God. I can't. Nobody likes me because this. All these bad things have happened. What is that? Stumbling block. It's for discouragement, despair. All these things that makes us feel separated from the love of God. God's saying, I don't want it to be your history to be a stumbling block. It's to be a stepping stone. It's to get you higher. It's to get you to the next place. It's not to, it's not to knock you down and keep you here. So, I'm calling it. 2015 is the year of redemption. I'm calling it. It's what it is. It's the year of redemption. 2014 is 
now a stepping stone. No matter how good, no matter how bad it was, it's a stepping stone. The new is here. This is the year. This is the year of redemption. Three areas, real quick, because some of us have had a difficult year. And all of us have had difficulties this year, have we not? We've all had something that we've struggled through. But God's got you here. All right, three areas. Number one, time of redemption for number one, sadness and sorrow. Isaiah 53 says that Jesus was a man of sorrows. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus' whole life he was sorrowful. Now, it's ta- when it's talking in the context of the cross in Isaiah 53, he was a man of sorrows uh, during this hour. Jesus was a man full of joy. I believe sorrow happened. He had to experience that in order to defeat it in your life. Are you with me? So, but it says this in verse 4. It says, surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. So the reason why he was sorrowful is because you are And he carried that. He carried our sorrows, the things that we're bummed out about, the things that we're sad about. Jesus carries those things. Check this out. Psalm 56 verse 8 says, you keep keep a track record of my sorrows, track of all my sorrows. You've collected my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. So what's David saying? He's saying, God is sitting there, and he's writing down all the times that you've cried in 2014 and the years before that. He's writing down all the things that you were sorrowful about, all the things that you were sad about, all the things that you worried about. He wrote them down, and then he took them, and he put them in a bottle. And he's keeping record. Why is God keeping record of your sorrows? Because he's going to redeem them. That's why. So for every tear that you shed, you will reap in joy. Psalm 126.6 says, he who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. He who goes out weeping. One translation says like this, we will sow in tears, we will reap in joy. So for every tear that you cried in 2014, in 2015, you're going to laugh. And you're going to have joy, and you're going to have celebrations. For every moment that you had frustration, and you were down and discouraged, this year, you're going to be joyful. You're going to have a reason to celebrate. But you've got to confess it. You can't go, God, when is the time? Listen, you've already sowed the, se- the seeds of tear. You already, you already sowed the tears. It's time to reap. You're not getting those tears back, are you? But God knows. God knows everyone. He knows everyone. And this year, he's going to redeem them. This year. So you stand on that. And when you pray daily, you stand there and say, God, I'm, I'm ready for my redemption. I'm ready to see those tears manifest. I'm ready to see the joy that comes from my sorrows. Those who sow in tears will reap in joy. Number two, God is going to restore in this year. Again, I believe this is a prophetic word for 2015. Number two, God is going to redeem shame and regret. Shame and regret. The things that you did that happened in your life didn't happen. The reason why they happened is because you made a stupid choice. I've done those things. 2000, even 2014, I did stupid things. Silly, thoughtless things. And, though, oh God, and, and although God may not have orchestrated some of those things, and some of the foolish things that you did, He has positioned you through it. He didn't put you there, but because you went through it, he's now positioning you. And you wouldn't be where you are if it didn't happen. I look over my life, and I look at, like, some of the hardest things that I've had to go through. And I look at the whole time, 
God was using that as a stepping stone to get me to the next place. It doesn't mean that I didn't embrace the season and look at where I was at and get everything I can from that season because there's great wisdom in that, no matter how hard the season is. Listen, you've got to learn to love God in the sorrow. Are you with me? What I've found in my life is I don't learn to love God in that place, no matter where I'm at. If I don't meet with him there, then I find myself going to that place again and again and again. But when I, It seems like when I meet him there and I get from what I'm supposed to get from there, then I don't have to go there again. So you don't want to have to visit this place again, right? Are you with me? And so let's just go, go ahead and get everything that you can get from the moment so you don't have to go through it again because God's got something there. No matter, even though God didn't cause it, he can be found in the middle of it. God in the middle, come on. But I believe in 2015 that you'll never say again, I shoulda, I coulda, I woulda. No more of that. I should have done this. What is that? That's regret. I should have said this. I, I could have done this. I, I would have done this if I would have known. No more. No more regrets. No more shame. No more thinking about your foolishness. You look at today and you say, I did some stupid things, but God's getting it back because I belong to God. And it's not about my identity and it's not about my choices. It's about who Jesus is and it's about what he's done. And it's about his goodness, not mine. So we, you are where you are. And you were where you were. But guess what? He was with you. Even though you didn't feel it, he was there. He was in the middle of it. And let me just say this about shame and regret. This, this is what I believe. I believe what the, the seed that's sown in those moments are, are reaped in wisdom. So you go through difficulty, you go through trial, you go through, you make foolish decisions. Well, you don't make the foolish decision again. Why? Because you have wisdom. Let me just say this. Knowledge is free. I've said this a lot, but wisdom will cost you. You don't get wisdom by being a student. You get knowledge. You get wisdom by living life. Are you with me? You don't get wisdom by reading the Bible. Well, you do get wisdom, but not just, just because you get the knowledge doesn't mean you get the wisdom because there's incredible wisdom in the Word of God. But you don't get wise just because you have a page in front of you that has wisdom. You get wise because you go through some crap. It's just what happens. Or you have to go through it again until you get wise enough to not go through it again to do something stupid. So I believe that this year that the wisdom from the things, the foolishness that you've done, the the foolishness that I've done, the regrets that we may have, the wisdom from that is going to come at an accelerated rate. And again, wisdom ain't free. Wisdom costs you. So if I'm going to get anything from my foolishness, let it be wisdom. I know what not to do. (laughs) That's wisdom. Right? We call it street smarts. Right? You can be smart all day. You can be the next Einstein. That doesn't mean you have wisdom. just means that you have a lot of data. What are you going to do with it? How does it help you or anybody else? So wisdom is free. Knowledge is free. Wisdom will cost you. And God's bringing that wisdom from your foolishness, from the things that you'd be shameful and regret. No no more of that. No more shoulda, coulda, woulda. I did it. I was dumb. No more even bashfulness about it. I learned never ever to do that again. And I can share that wisdom that I have with somebody else. 
And let me just say this also about wisdom. It's foolish not to learn from the wisdom of others. Some people are like, well, I just need to experience life. This is a foolish, like, teenager thing to say. Right? Well, I just need to live my life, and I need to learn from myself. That's stupid. Learn from somebody else. That's wisdom. But, sadly, we normally have to go through the crud to get the wisdom, right? Some people got to learn the hard way, right? You guys remember? Anybody know that song? Yeah, it was 90s song, early 90s. But I'm the kind of guy that's got to find out for myself. You guys have never heard that? Some people got to learn the hard way. It's DC Talk. It's just me and you. Some people got to learn the hard way. But I'm the kind of guy that's got to find out for myself. Y'all like that? All right. Okay, number three. So don't be that guy. Number three. Mm. You didn't know that I had a B career and that's my backup plan. In case ministry don't work out, I'm going to be a R&B singer. All right. <laughs> oh, thank the Lord he called him into ministry. All right. All right, number three. The third thing that you're going to get redemption for, number one, sadness and sorrow, number two, shame and regrets, and number three, sweat and hard work. You put the work in. <laughs> How many of you guys have, have, have ever worked and you're like, am I ever going to get paid? <laughs> I'm a hard worker. Like, I don't, I don't like to be boastful, but I have a pretty good work ethic. My dad put it into me, and uh, I'm a hard worker. I work a lot of hours every week. And... Uh, we put a lot of work into this church, and we've seen some, some stuff this year, but not near as much as we put in work. But it's coming. In 2015, it's coming. Because God makes sure that when we work hard, he pays the bills. Right? Check this out. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Don't be misled. One translation says, don't be deceived. Don't be stupid. You, can, you can't mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. The one who lives only to satisfy their own sinful desires will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So check this out. We can look, most of us, we look at that, we're like, oh, don't you do stupid things. You're going to, and you will. Come on, they're, they're, you reap and sow, it's just, it's a law. You ain't getting around it. And, but we normally use this verse in a negative sight. But listen, so don't get tired of doing good, doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Your sweat, your hard work is going to pay off. God's going to make sure that your hard work is redeemed. It's not up to you to make 40 phone calls and make sure you get the paycheck. God's going to do it. He's going to take care of it in 2015. So where you've, re- where you've sown, you're going to reap. And I believe 2015 is that year. So just, just wait. Just you wait. Just wait. Get ready because it's coming. So you need to start believing it. You need to start praying it in. You need to start looking for opportunities to receive where you've worked hard. You worked your butt off. I worked my butt off in 2014. I'm a little tired, you know. Sometimes I get a little tired. I'm like, dang. But it says this, don't get weary. You just keep on working. You keep on working, and God's going to keep on working. <laughs> That's what it's saying. You keep on working, and God's going to keep on making it be fruitful. Just wait. All right.
I got two things real quick because it will get difficult in 2015 because there will be blessing, but there are, there'll also be some difficulties. There'll be difficulties to challenge this word. Every, every, which I believe this is prophetic, so every prophetic word always has a test. Just because it's prophesied doesn't mean it's for sure going to happen because sometimes people fail the test of the prophecy or the prophetic word or whatever God's saying. They don't fill, up, fill their end of the, of the deal, and it don't happen. So some of you, notice that there is a stipulation right here in the Scripture we just read. You'll reap a harvest of blessing, period. No, if you don't give up. So you've got to be the one staying, okay, here I am. I'm positioning myself to receive the blessing. You've got to be there. If you don't show up, there's not going to be anybody to receive the harvest. So you can sit around, oh, God, just waiting for you to bless me. Just waiting for you to bless me, Lord. And they're like, the, car, the harvest out there is rotting because you didn't go and pick it up. They're sitting in the house watching TV. They're just waiting on the Lord. Maybe waiting on the Lord today means going out there and receiving the harvest. Going out there and bringing it in and putting it in your harvest receiver basket. Okay. So, yes, yes, that's what we're calling it. So just get your harvest receiver basket ready. Okay, whatever we call that. All right, so 2015 is going to carry much victory, but will also have its challenges. So I wanted you to remember these two verses. Number one, Isaiah 43. Do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have ransomed you, redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. So when you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. And when you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. And when you walk through the fires of oppression, you will not be burned up, and the flames will not consume you. I've got you. Second verse, and you, some of you need to write and memorize this, all these scriptures. It'll be good. Zephaniah 3, verse 17. And this is from the message, which I don't normally read, but this is really good. It says, your God is present among you. He is here. God with us. Your God is present among you. A strong warrior there to save you. Happy to have you back. He'll calm you with his love and delight you with his songs. <laughs> Happy to have your back. God is happy to have your back. <laughs> Good news. He's not like, oh, God, here you go, Benny. Oh, I got your back. No, no, no. He's happy to have your back. He's happy to have your back. And he's going to calm you with his love. And he's going to delight you with his song. 